Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I am joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max. But this time we are both in the beautiful city of Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, where, uh, of course, is very close to Boulder, where Nebraska went down in defeat yesterday. And Grandpa and I got to watch the game together and also got to sit in misery together for the rest of that game. <laughs> uh, Grandpa, what, are you still feeling the same way about yesterday still? or? Yeah, it's not a whole lot there to, you know, not a lot of positives. Uh, other than the defense played well, I think they got just beat up and, you know, the, the offense just couldn't, couldn't, uh, do much and the defense I thought played really well they limited they limited uh, this is the second straight week I believe that uh, Nebraska has limited the rushing to I think last week against Minnesota it was 55 yards total off or total yards uh, allowed uh, rushing yards allowed and yesterday it was 58 yeah so they got to be up there in the top 10. I didn't check this out, but in in rushing uh, defense, they got to be way up there, and and overall defense not bad. Um, they allowed 454 yards, which is you don't like to see that. Uh, and Nebraska, you know, had 341 total yards of offense. But again, they always say statistics are for losers, and I exactly <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we're trying to find some positives out of this thing. You know, one thing that they both just as last week, the time of possession was almost identical. You know, twenty nine minutes to thirty plus minutes for for Colorado yesterday. Um, you know, that's that's not bad. Uh, Nebraska was one for one in the red zone. Colorado was six of six in the red zone. <laughs> well, Whoa. yeah. And um, then the turnover, of course, the turnover is just margin. It's just terrible. And I, I, you and I were talking earlier. I, I checked out on collegefootballstats.com. Uh, it's actually cfbstats.com. I was looking for the turnover margin. I said Nebraska has to be like dead last. So I started at 131st in the nation, and and I kept work. I said, where that? Where? Why aren't we like in the the worst? You know, among at least in the 120 or something like that. We were we were ranked after yesterday's game 92nd in the nation in turnover margin. And I said, "You mean there's like 40 teams that are worse than Nebraska?" Yeah, that blows my mind. Um, so I don't know what what are your thoughts? I mean, overall, it's just another d- disappointing loss that that could have been prevented. Maybe it comes down into a closer game toward the end. But what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. And, and speaking back, I did look up the uh, where Nebraska ranks among all college football and rushing defense. We are ninth in the nation right now. Yeah. According to, I mean, of course, we haven't played two teams that are great at running the ball. Yeah. Uh, for example, <laughs> which apparently Western Kentucky has, because I was curious the, who has the lead, who has the most. And uh, Western Kentucky is 131st, a little bit 374 yards of rushing <laughs> <laughs> on average. Can you schedule them. Come on. Yeah, please. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, turnover. We said last week Nebraska was going to have to win the turnover yeah. margin battle yeah. if they wanted to win this game, and they most clearly did not. You you have three snaps fumbled, 
by or, yeah, th- two two or three snaps fumbled by Jeff Sims is just like what like why can you not catch a snap? That is one of the most basic things, and then just a s- stupid interception kind of of uh, yeah. he, he he threw it. He tried to throw the guy open, and he just threw it behind him, and it wasn't long enough to begin with. It wasn't. It was fine. One positive takeaway, I would say Billy Kemp kind of found a uh, nice spot here for Nebraska. He was our leading receiver. Of course, five receptions, 57 yards. That's nothing. Um, and in the Thomas Fedoni caught his first yeah. passes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. We finally got to see him involved in the offense a little bit, which was good. Um but Billy Kemp just kind of finding a spot there. I yeah. was really excited to, when we previewed that Minnesota game. That was one of the guys I was saying I was going to watch and uh, didn't really see a lot from him because they didn't target him that much or he wasn't getting open. And he did against Colorado, made some big plays and broke some tackles. So he's he's got some potential there um, for, for Nebraska in the coming weeks. Uh, Nebraska rushed for 222 yards. Yep. That is yep. that is massive because yeah. the, that is something Nebraska has really, really struggled to do. Uh, Gabe Irvin had 74 yards and 17 carries, uh, averaging about 5.4 yards a rush, which is our best since, I don't know, since Bo Pelini was 12. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's just the fumbles and the interceptions are just so stupid. And the, Nebraska comes out pretty equal in time of possession with Colorado. They're yeah. both at basically 30 minutes. So you basically right. split the game so nebraska we, we talked about this a little bit last week that nebraska needed to keep the ball out of colorado's hands if they wanted to win right and to an effect you did yeah the thing is you look at that time of possession you think oh colorado like nebraska held colorado off the field no that's nebraska having these long drives and then having them stall in turnovers yeah. or whatever uh you have tristan alvano miss a field goal to put nebraska up first i'm not gonna really blame him too much for that that was a i want to say like a 47 yard field goal something like that and uh just just hit the post i thought i might hit the post inside of the post and go in it looked like it was going in definitely but um yeah i mean and then and then you look at third down efficiency too. nebraska four for 13 colorado nine for 18 uh nebraska's got to get that percentage up if they want to start winning these games you got to make those third downs uh if you get in those third down situations first of all don't get in the third down situations kind of bad that Nebraska had 13 of those but I mean it's that's that's kind of normal in a game like this against Colorado Uh, in the first half I really I mean Colorado scores 13 points really close to the end of the half Mm -hmm. and uh and kind of distances themselves then uh, but Nebraska kind of dominated that first half. It was one, if it wasn't for the fumbles and interceptions, yeah. I think Nebraska has maybe a lead or it's at least tied going into halftime, yeah. uh, because Colorado stays off the field. And it, it, I mean, it was just uh, it was really frustrating to watch because it's one of those ones where you know that your team's in it, but you just can't like there's nothing you can do about it. That they it just they keep shooting themselves in the foot, and that's been Nebraska football for the past four or five years. Yeah, you know one one stat that is was kind of interesting to me. Uh, I mean, a lot of them were, but one of them, there were four punts by Nebraska and four punts by Colorado. Both of them, you, you figure you're at mile high, and the you know the altitude would would give the Bashinis of the world. Uh, you know, he he had he averaged forty seven point seven yards a, a punt last week, but for Nebraska, they they punted four times for thirty five. Yard average and uh, and Colorado four punts for thirty nine average. I mean that's not dynamic, no uh, great punting, but 
And I, why, why is that? Because we had some bad punts in that. I was surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was a pressure that Colorado was getting on the punts or what was going on there. But yeah, no, that's weird. Uh, I don't. I don't really know what's going on with Bashini right now. But it's not a huge problem. I don't think. I mean, obviously, you want to flip the field on teams, um, but. I mean, it's kind of a positive that Nebraska only had to punt four times. Right. Um, and That's when you fumble. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. We don't punt. We just give them the ball right where yeah. we are. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It, it is what it is, but it, I don't think it's something major to worry about. I'm sure we'll get it figured out. I think it's just getting his legs under him kind of. But Sims was uh, 9 of 15 with one interception for 106 yards. I think he has to do more than that. Oh, uh, definitely. And he rushed uh, for 67 yards, 10, 10 rushes for 67 yards, 6.7 uh, average. And then Sanders, 31 of 42, zero in- interceptions, 393 yards. Yeah, that's, wow. I mean, he's a, a special, special player is Shadur Sanders. But, uh, I mean, as you said, Jeff Sims has to do more if Nebraska wants to win. You got a 34 quarterback rating in that game. That is terrible. He's had, he's just not been the guy. And we, we were wondering, okay, when are we going to see Harburg come in? When we see Purdy come in? Harburg came in for a little bit, went two for six, 13 yards, one touchdown pass, kind of a garbage time touchdown pass. But, hey, I'll take it. I don't know if you want to put Harburg in there. For, the, for these next coming games against Northern Illinois where it should be games Nebraska will win. What do you think? Do you think Matt Rule is going to give Sims a chance to keep proving himself, or do you think he's going to make a switch here, Grandpa? Boy, that, that's that's the key question. I think Husker fans are, you know, they just say, get anybody else in there. This guy, Sims, is hurting the team, and I can't argue with that. He's clearly the best athlete at that position, but yes. that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, we've seen that with Jamal Lord. We saw that with uh, Adrian Martinez. Uh, if the guy is more of a liability than he is as an asset, then I think you got to bench him. Uh, maybe this is the right time because do you want to bring in your backup quarterbacks to play You know, against like a Michigan or something like that? I think a Northern Illinois would be a great opportunity. Get those kids some playing time. Let's keep Sims on the bench and just say, "Hey, you know, you need to just sit this one out. We're going to go with with uh, in this case probably Harburg because he's I think he's a second string quarterback. Uh, yeah, or or Purdy, I don't know. Um, but I, I think Heinrich and Heinrich. I really like this kid. He's a he's a great player. He's hard nosed. He's from Kearney Catholic High School in Kearney, Nebraska. You know, he's a kid who is stuck with it. Uh, Could have transferred and he chose to stay. So I, I think, I think he's. I think Matt Rule is going to make a change, and you know whoever starts uh, against Northern Illinois doesn't necessarily mean that that's the player who's going to start against Michigan. But I think these right. next two weeks are going to be the backups. That's that's uh, you know I, I have no idea what's going through Matt Rule's head. He's going to get a lot of pressure from a lot of people. Saying what are you doing, keeping this kid Sims in the game, and Sims at times looks like a world beater. He's a he's a great athlete. There's yeah. no question. His about fifty-seven that. yard touchdown run oh. right out oh. Nebraska's. I mean, they stopped Colorado on uh, on offense yeah. there to begin the second half, and then 
Uh, and then Nebraska gets the ball back and Jeff Sims runs for 57 yard touchdown. And it looked like Nebraska was going to start getting back in that game. And then they just kind of let it slip away and Colorado uh, goes right back down, responds and scores and then gets another field goal and just keeps stopping Nebraska when it counts until, I mean, you get, as you said, Thomas Fedoni catches his first Nebraska touchdown, but with zero seconds left and that's Nebraska, like at the, the final play of the game is a touchdown to Fedoni from, from Harburg. So it's not, I mean, I don't know. It's it's not great position that no, Nebraska no. finds themselves in right now. They're last in the Big Ten West um, after two games. Of course, everything can change. Northwestern is ahead of them. Northwestern will finish behind Nebraska this year. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that. I, I, You're that, going out on an limb oh, on yeah. that one. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing is uh, ESPN has their – if you just on the website, they have their – a win probability, the little chart that they update every single play and yeah. how it up. And Nebraska was still thought by all these analytic platforms and things to be able to win this game or favored to win this game uh, until uh, until the, the five minutes left in the second in, in the second quarter when Colorado starts scoring all these points and mm-hmm. Nebraska can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just, uh, I mean, it's it, Nebraska just keeps choking in these big games and it's a big problem there's no question you know one thing against statistics are for losers but nebraska had eight sacks against colorado for 65 yards that if you'd have told me that and we'd rush for over 200 yards and we'd uh you know be even in the time of possession i'd say yeah we probably got a real good chance of winning that game but then four fumbles you know, lost all of them in a in a pass interception. It's just like yeah, it's just crazy. You, obviously, Captain Obvious, you can't you can't do that. It's just I don't know what you, you know. I, I'm sure these coaches don't coach up these players to fumble or throw interceptions. I mean, they're working with them every day in practice. But what what kind of coach or what kind of coaching staff do with with you know what can they do to stop fumbling and throwing stupid interceptions and dumb penalties what what can they do i have no clue well the fumbles is now like jeff sims himself had if 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 jeff sims does not play in this game i, I mean it's just, obviously you have to suspend disbelief here but uh, if if jeff sims does not play in this game nebraska turns the ball over once and that means we're tied on turnover margin because colorado turned the ball over once um so who knows what it, what it comes out from there. I mean, of course, you don't get the touchdown run, but Jeff Sims made three really bad mistakes. I mean, even even more. Yeah. He he did get he, – he wasn't as bad with the tunnel vision on receivers this game, so I'm sure yeah. Rule worked with him on that during the week of practice um, because that was a big problem. So I'm glad he wasn't doing that. The problem is I don't understand why he can't catch snaps. Like, it wasn't cold. It was beautiful yeah, weather, perfect, yeah. like 80-degree weather, uh, nice 10 a.m. kickoff. Like, there's nothing to screw with that. One of them, of course, wasn't wasn't really his fault. It got snapped off Lindenmeyer. Yeah. Um, Nebraska ended up recovering that. Um, but then he has two hit him right in the hands and just drops them. I don't. It, it, Colorado's pass rush also didn't really – I mean, they got they started getting home more and more as the game went on. But they didn't. They weren't really that scary, uh, at least from what I saw. Like it, it seems like Jeff Sims thought they were way more terrifying than he was. 
than they were. They only had two sacks all game. Right. So, I mean, and those were in the third and fourth quarter. Like, there wasn't a huge uh, amount of sacks given up by Nebraska, which is also a plus um, for Nebraska. The offensive line is looking pretty good. The fact they were able to run the ball and were only giving up about two sacks a game is pretty darn good. And Cam Lenhart looked really, really good, yeah. I, w- I will say. And for a freshman, he had, yeah. what, two and a half sacks, I think? Um, no, two sacks, sorry. Um, so that's just that, – that's a huge positive for Nebraska. That defensive line looks really great. Uh, it was nice to see Luke Reimer and Isaac Gifford uh, both playing in this game for Nebraska and and just bringing that tandem back and Nick Heinrich, I should say. Um, yeah, nice to see Nick back. Yeah, he's so, been battling injuries. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, MJ Sherman also got to play a little bit. He got the start for Nebraska, the transfer from Georgia, um, and then um, Micah Bayer played pretty well, I think, as well. He had five solo tackles, one tackle for loss. Um, but I mean, it is what it is and you can't expect to win a game if you turn the ball over four times. And I mean, Nebraska's minus six on turnover margin right now on I the think year. That's right. Yeah. So that's just like, I, you cannot expect to win. I'm sure rule is absolutely infuriated by this. Um, see you this, I mean, this CU team really just gets on my nerves a little bit. Like I really wanted Nebraska to win this one. You and I were talking yesterday, yeah. grandpa, b- before the game that, or maybe during, I forget, but, uh, of, okay. If you were to ask any Husker fan, okay, we start the season one and one, who would you rather have the loss be? Who would you rather have the loss be to? And I, we said, do you think 99% of those fans would say Minnesota yeah. and win the Colorado game? And yeah. it, it still felt, it felt, it felt weird because it, like last week, as we, as we said, when we recapped the Minnesota game, um, it fit Nebraska turned the ball over so much and gave Minnesota the ball in very opportune positions a lot but it still but they still were in it and it felt like up until the third quarter Nebraska had committed uh, all I mean you Nebraska didn't make any more didn't make any more turnovers or commit any more turnovers um after the after like the midpoint of the third quarter I believe I forget when that last fumble was but um it's like Nebraska still was kind of in this game it felt like it was weird that it, it, I mean obviously Colorado pulled away at the end but it, it felt weird that Nebraska was still in this game up until basically the end of the third quarter. Uh, I mean, by that point, you're down 16, and it's kind of gone from there. But well, it was 30 to seven at the end of the third quarter. So you know, Nebraska. it was 20 23 seven. Is the that end right? Of, yeah, 23 seven out of the third quarter. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, and then Colorado just came out and buried them or buried us, I should say. So I mean, it, it it's. Just it's really just frustrating that Nebraska can't figure out these simple things that are really just killing them in the long run. Uh, do you want to talk any more about this this uh, tragic uh, tragedy yesterday, or do you want to get on to some other things? I think we should get on to the Northern Illinois game because there will be more joyful things to talk about there, or add on add on some other stuff here I have, too. I have some. I think I wanted to get your opinion on on these scores of uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, we got just a couple minutes. I'm going to get your reaction, and maybe I'll throw in my two cents worth. But Michigan beat Navy 35-7. Um, Michigan, sorry, UNLV is that is that right? Michigan, I think played Navy. 
Navy played Wagner, I believe. UNLV in Michigan was the game. Is that right? Yeah, so 35-7 Michigan over UNLV. I mean, you think they'd okay. score you think they'd score more? Yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. Wisconsin um, uh losing to Washington State. Yeah, that's that little, is yeah. that's big. I I didn't believe a lot in this Wisconsin team. I think people overhyped them a lot because of uh Luke Fickle hiring and all this kind of stuff, and they bring in the transfer quarterback and Tanner Mordecai. Uh, and they really, it's the same Wisconsin team that just wants to run the ball but can't run it very effectively. Uh, they don't have guys on the outside receiving wise. So it, it's fitting. I don't think that, I think this Washington State team is pretty darn good, and the Pac 12 is going to be pretty good this year just based off what we've seen from CU, Oregon, USC, Washington. And now Washington State obviously knocking off a number 19-ranked Wisconsin last night. Uh, we watched part of that game, and Wisconsin was down by about 20 at one point or something, like 17 yeah, or something right. at one point. And they battled back, made it close, made it a good yeah, game, and Washington right. State just hung on. So, uh, I mean, kudos to Washington – to, sorry, to Wisconsin for battling back there. Uh, but – I mean, you gotta win the you gotta win the games where you shoot yourself in the foot, and I don't. I just think they, um, ended. I mean, they're not in the top twenty-five AP poll anymore, so it, it's not doesn't surprise me that much. But uh, this Wisconsin team's not one to be written off entirely, obviously. Okay, Illinois travels down to Lawrence, Kansas, uh, puts up a reasonably good fight, but loses by 11, 23 to thirty-four to Kansas. Yeah, I mean, they were down 21 nothing at one point. You you and I watched a little bit of that game on mm-hmm. Friday night um mm-hmm. and it was it, I mean, Kansas is <clears throat> a very solid team with Jaden Daniels back there at quarterback for yeah, them. He's a different Jaden Daniels than the one from LSU, but uh he's a very good quarterback, running quarterback and he proved that last year. Kansas is uh I, I guess back in a sense they used to be absolutely terrible every single year and now they're making bowl games and uh, I think they're going to be a threat in the Big 12 this year. Indiana at Indiana State. Indiana tops them 41-7. to Yeah, I don't know what else you're really going to say. It's Indiana State. It's, yeah. a, you, it's, it's This is one of your ones, the, the money games, as, as I like to call them, where you just pay a team to come in and you beat them. Right. So. Then Iowa, they have their their annual in-state uh, battle. Yeah, the uh, Cyhawk trophy. Cyhawk. Uh, Iowa comes out of their 20-13 to winner. Yeah. Does – you know, I, Kirk, Kirk Ferentz's kid, who is the offensive coordinator, yeah, Brian his, his contract says they have to average 20, I was 26 or 27 points a game. I think 27 sounds right. And they yeah. have to win seven games. They're not They're not up to that uh, yet. They played Utah State in their opening game and then, then you know, uh, traveled to uh, Iowa State and they put up 20 points. That's a, not a very good Iowa State team. No, it's not. This Iowa State team is definitely down this year. And, I mean, Iowa, Iowa State still almost had a chance to win this game. Right. Iowa had to make a fourth and fourth down and two stop with about two minutes le- or a minute and a half left, I believe, with Iowa State driving uh, to, to close out that game and get the Cyhawk trophy back. But, I mean, they find ways to win, and that's just how Iowa works. They, they play tough defense, and they're hard to – once you get down, you're hard, they're hard to come back against. And uh, Iowa State almost did that, but – it is what it is, and I think that I, I don't think there's no way there's no way Brian Ferentz is getting that bonus. Just the way that Iowa's offense yeah, works. I mean, and the quarterback you get, Cade McNamara coming in yeah. from Michigan as a transfer. Who JJ McCarthy obviously uh, took that starting position from him last year and solidified it uh, last year, leading them to a CFP semifinal. But 
Uh, I was listening to the Solid Verbal podcast and uh, about two years ago when McNamara was starting for Michigan, they called him Cade Snacknamara because he would just take the little check down passes. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, that that works for Iowa's offense really well. I think yeah. it's a great transfer. I think he's going to do a lot of good for what their offense is good at, which is just keeping the ball for very long periods of time and then scoring um, at the at the end there. But it, it, the thing is, when you now with the sped up clock and all that kind of stuff, the games take shorter, so you get the ball less so you're going to score less points so it just doesn't work as well their their offense will just average less points just based on the fact that games are just running shorter ohio state uh youngstown state and fcs school 35 to 7 yeah i'm really i I mean it's weird i mean it's weird to me that michigan beat unlv the same score that the uh that uh, ohio state beat youngstown state here but uh, i mean both those teams really i'm surprised they're not scoring more against these teams and that they're allowing points like that's maybe it's just like a like a i mean it's just like a oh you get a little bit complacent and they score it's garbage time and you put in your backups or whatever kyle mccord does not look super great for ohio state their new quarterback for this year he's Mm -hmm. been the program for three years he's a junior Mm -hmm. But uh, he's not really touched the ball that much in game. So it'll be interesting to see. Ohio State's going to get into Big Ten play here in a minute, and we'll really see what kind of team they are then. But, I mean, the Ohio State really should be scoring more, and I, I think that that's a consensus. I have a friend who's a big Ohio State fan, and he is not. I mean, even though they're winning, I'm like, oh, you're frustrated that you're winning. You want to try being a Nebraska <laughs> fan? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but he's, he's not super excited about how well they, how good they look on offense. And I think that's a shared uh, concern with a lot of Ohio State team or Ohio State fans. Um, so we'll see. But I'm sure, I mean, Ryan Day knows what he's doing. That's a good, a lot of talent he's got over there. Marvin Harrison is going to be uh, oh, yeah. really, really good this year again great, in Emeka Abuka. They have probably one of the best wide receiver rooms in the nation. Uh, at the college football level. So I, I think it's just they're getting off to a little bit of a slow start. They're going to figure it out. They just need to kind of get something. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. This, I don't know when their first Big Ten game is. I don't know who it's against. Um, but I would not be surprised. Oh, looks like, oh, they play. Sorry. They play at Notre Dame in two weeks. Ooh. That game, uh, they bet, like, that game is going to prove a lot. Yeah. Because I think that Ohio State needs uh, kind of a swift kick in the pants when it comes to it, and just kind of be like, okay, this is real. Like, because yeah. they played in, they played Indiana week one. Right. Indiana's not is a very very poor Big Ten team. Yeah. I think Nebraska beat them last year. That's all you really need to know to judge how right. good of a Big Ten team right. they are. Uh, but so it. it, it I think that Ohio State's going to have to they'll, – they'll go down by quite a bit to Notre Dame and have to battle their way back. Another uh, another Big Ten East team, Penn State, uh, takes on the powerhouse Delaware, just <laughs> shellacks them 63-7. to Yeah, Penn State I, looks really good. But Delaware? Yeah, I know, I know but 60, 63 points. Drew Allers looked really good. And you take that off week one, Penn State play – who did Penn State play week one? Um I forget. Uh, let's look here. Uh, oh, they played West Virginia, and West Virginia is not yeah. great. Yeah. But it, Penn State looks good. Drew Aller, as I said, their their new starting quarterback for this year, just has a cannon of an arm. Uh, they got some. Uh, uh, no, I believe it's Noah Singleton is their running back. Um, he's can make some pretty explosive plays there. So it, Penn State's always always a shot to get into that. Big Ten East spot in the uh, in the Big Ten championship game. Of course, Ohio State and Michigan have been 
battling it back and forth lately, and Penn State's kind of been in third place there, kind of forgotten. But uh, they're they're not one to be forgotten about, and they're a team that you could easily overlook, I think, because they don't make a lot of noise, but that's a really solid team they got down there in, uh, or I should just say up there in Happy Valley. Purdue gets its first win of the season, 24-17 over Vatek. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, 24-17 against a pretty terrible Virginia Tech team is yeah. not super convincing for me, uh, especially after Purdue came off a four-point loss to Fresno State last last week. Um, so I, Purdue, Purdue's got some work to do. And Northwestern has tied its win total from a year ago. <laughs> they beat UTEP 38-7. to Yeah. They, Does that you, kind of raise some... Uh, I mean, UTEP was good last year. They have been in a couple of years. But it's it's weird because when you look at those group of five teams, it really comes down to, oh, you have this recruit that no one really wanted that ends up coming to your school. Because you, who's going to go to UTEP if you're really actually good? No one's right. going to UTEP. Um, because there's better. they're not even the best team in their like area. Um, in in Texas and El Paso there, so uh, I mean it. Sure, good for Northwestern to get that one win in. Yeah. I don't know who else they're playing, but I I'm still convinced they'll finish bottom of the Big Ten West. And Maryland, the Terps uh, beat Charlotte, thirty eight to twenty. I had, I know nothing about Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte is interesting. I haven't seen a lot from them, but they they came up to the FBS ranks. I want to say four or five years ago and have kind of just been slowly improving. I want to say their first season was three and nine or something like that. They went to a bowl game last year. They're a pretty solid team. And uh, obviously that shows uh, Maryland. The one thing of note from this, uh, their running back just went, I I forget what his name is, uh, just went off uh, against Charlotte. He scored about, I think he's uh, Roman Hemby. Um, he scored, he, uh, rushed for uh, 162 yards and a touchdown on 20 carries. Uh, that's pretty darn scary. Nebraska, I believe plays that we, we play Maryland. Am I correct? I'm thinking that yes, we play them, uh, second week of November. So that's going to be a game to look out for rushing wise for Nebraska. And that's going to be a big test for, I mean, obviously the Michigan game is going to be the biggest test of the run defense, but, uh, that Maryland game is going to be another sneaky run. Uh, run defense testing. Game. Rutgers uh, comes out, plays Temple. Uh, Matt Rule's old uh, old school, thirty six seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Temple's not that great anymore, I don't think. And uh, it, Rutgers is what it is, and I think they'll be fine. They're two and zero. They're yeah. second in the Big Ten East right now, which is kind of weird, um, just because they've played conference games. Right. But I, I think that uh, Rutgers Rutgers will be fine. They they killed um, they killed Northwestern in week one and i think they'll be fine they'll probably finish i want to say five and seven six and six something like that they're going to be a decent team minnesota last week's uh well the week before colorado game uh husker season opener got on uh, they extended their record to two and zero by downing eastern michigan 25 to six yeah yeah i don't even I, the thing is i don't know a lot about eastern michigan i know that they're like they're always a sneaky weird team that's always there for an upset so uh, but minnesota's not gonna score a lot of points so it doesn't surprise me they only won by 19 you allow six points which is pretty darn good allowing only six points i assume that was probably two field goals so um you take what you will from that but minnesota scoring 25 is not shocking to me yeah yeah well i i haven't looked at the stats at that i don't know what uh how much their offense scored? Maybe they, you know, maybe they got a pick six in there. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess 
I don't think Minnesota is a scoring juggernaut, uh, and that's why they scored only 13 points against Nebraska. Right. Michigan State, uh, uh, I, did they, I thought they lost last week. They did not. I, I think they've played two. They played Central Michigan last week okay. and well, won they, 31-7. Okay, well, they beat uh, Richmond over the weekend, 45-14. I don't, again, these, these non-conference – Nebraska plays Colorado. I mean, it's just that's terrible. And then they open on the road at Minnesota, and that, I mean, I don't know if that's if that's going to make the team better as they go through. But I think you probably find out a little bit more about your team uh, playing, a, you know, a challenging schedule. But I, I don't think Eastern Michigan, Temple, Richmond, Charlotte, UTEP, Delaware. Youngstown State, I don't think those are challenging, um, you know, opponents. Yeah. Yeah, you don't build the – I mean, you have to build your CFP resume. If you want to get there, you got to have these scheduled games. Like Nebraska, like for as as many times as Nebraska's lost, if we replace these Colorado games, we replace these opening conference games against Minnesota with teams like – I mean, I guess you you can look at Northern Illinois next week and you look at La Tech – um, you can look at those games coming in and think, oh, well, that's where Nebraska's doing. Those are still power five. Those are, sorry, those are still FBS teams, Division One teams that are that are right. recruited at a decently high level and are still pretty good. So, I mean, relative obviously to some of the other teams that that, uh, for example, like Youngstown State, that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, you could you could think about Nebraska replacing this Colorado game with. A East Jesus Tech University or whatever, <laughs> and and but but I think Nebraska gets more out of playing a team like a Colorado team that is that is yeah. kind of I mean Colorado is obviously going to be good this year, and uh, so you get a lot more out of that than you would playing Youngstown State or whatever. So we get on to the Huskers' next opponent. It'll be Matt Rule's first home football game. I yeah. think I think they I think it's the the uh, I think it's going to be an exciting, not necessarily game, although I hope Huskers win that. I was going to say, if that's an exciting game, that's a problem because yeah. that means it's close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to be at, at home. I mean, Matt yeah. Rule has to be thinking, wow, this he comes out of the, the first two games, uh, kind of got his nose bloodied uh, quite a bit in the second game. But uh, but this is Northern Illinois team, a Mid America Conference. They uh, they're one and one for the season. They uh, beat Boston College, which is maybe not very not a very good team. No, Boston College is not a great team. Yeah. But I mean, knocking them off, I'm not gonna not gonna uh, knock them for anything. And then uh, they they beat them 27 24, and then. Lost to Southern Illinois, <laughs> which is an eleven FCS. to fourteen. Which what is a an, score? Yeah, eleven. What do you 11? see? Eleven. What do you see? Eleven. I've never like that's a safety and three field goals. <laughs> that is uh, that is one of the weirdest <laughs> scores I've ever seen. I'm gonna check the box score on that real quick and just see how they got that. But um, they do have uh, Northern Illinois quarterback. Uh, yeah. He threw three interceptions in that game. Only quarterback that I've seen that has ever had a worse quarterback rating than uh, Mr. Jeff Sims. He has seventeen point seven quarterback rating, uh, but his name wow. pretty cool. He transferred from uh, Michigan State, I believe. Yeah. I want to say three or four years. He played at Lincoln. Ago. He played at Lincoln. Yeah, he uh, did. Rocky, year. Rocky oh. Lombardi. Yep. Um. So pretty, pretty sweet. So I was trying to, there. I was trying to talk into the because we had Adrian Martinez 
and we had Rocky Lombardi, and I said, and of course, people old enough to know the Rocky films know yeah, Adrian yeah. was his wife, Rocky's wife. So Adrian, you know, yo Adrian, yeah. And of course, people who don't know Rocky, then they didn't think that was very funny or creative, and maybe it was neither. I don't know. But one of the interesting stats on this thing, and I, you and I talked about this earlier today, that. Right now, Northern Illinois is averaging 19.0 points per game on offense. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what they're giving on defense? 19.0 points per game. (laughs) That's pretty – It's not like, you know, 19.3, you know. This is 19.0 and 19.0. Yep. Uh, Crazy. Just crazy. Yeah, and, I mean, I did did find out that the – Northern Illinois, they were down fourteen nothing at one point in that Southern Illinois game. So oh, this wow. is not a good like. I mean, yeah. what does that say about Boston College? Also, yeah, that right. you lost to a team by three that lost to a FCS team that's right. not even that good by three. So right. I mean, it, 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 that's it is what it is. So I think Nebraska should clobber Northern Illinois. I yeah. I, I sure hope so. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Lombardi is going to have his butt on the ground all day. Our defensive line should be yeah. back there. I want to say give us give us a million and a half sacks. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, that'll that'll be a good kind of just kind of refresher, not 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 wake up call, but uh, you got a night game at Lincoln and play at five p.m. Uh, five p.m. I should say Mountain Time, so seven p.m. Eastern Time, uh, and Nebraska hosts that one as he said. So it, it just gonna be looking for a lot of how explosive can the offense be. Um, can we stop the pass? Because that's what Northern Illinois looks like it's going to try to do. Rocky Lombardi's thrown for almost 500 yards this year on 66 pass attempts. Um, so that's going to be interesting to look at. They averaged 349 total yards of offense uh, a game. They allow only 266. Nebraska's allowed 352.5. Of course, a lot of that came against Colorado. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that but uh i i think that this game should just be a nice refresher for nebraska get matt rule a easy home win uh what are you going to be watching here grandpa <laughs> i hope a win yeah i hope so too. i hope a I hope bloody so too. win gee any kind of a win i'll take it <laughs> yeah yeah uh all right well Jeez. i think that's all we have for you today uh gotta go over some of the big 10 scores which we usually don't do uh maybe if nebraska keeps giving us more misery then we'll keep doing that but uh we'll we'll see about that our, one our favorite movies or oh yeah favorite book we've read yeah yeah just yeah just anything yeah. but nebraska's miserable shooting themselves in the foot losses uh hopefully that's not the case next week against northern illinois uh, of course, if you want to get in contact with us, go over. I keep saying on Twitter. I guess it is technically now called X now. Thank you, Elon yeah. Musk, for changing that. Um, so go over on X. You can follow us uh, at How About Them Huskers Podcast, HBT, HBT Huskers Pod uh, on Twitter, or just search How About Them Huskers Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us at HBTHpodcast at protonmail.com or huskerdan at cox.net. Um, that's really all I got. We'll talk to you guys next week. Please, hopefully, with a double-digit win in the bag. Uh, and Grandpa signaled to me from across the table. I have to tell my friends and enemies, which I yes, almost forgot. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the show, of course. Spread the word. If you haven't already, go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a little five-star rating there. Helps more people find the show uh, and, and get more listeners in here. So thank you guys so much for listening every week. Uh, we appreciate all of you. And we will be back next week with a big Nebraska W. Matt Rule's first home win hopefully and of course 
Go Big Red!